are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work. And it's really an extension of the work that I've been doing in research around meaning in work and identity. It's also a complement to the work that I get to do at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I'll get to the program in just a second, but let me say a big thanks to Jobbing.com. They're my media partner and sponsor. If you don't know them, they are the leading locally job... sorry about that, local job board in the nation. And they're all about really helping people find um, work in their own backyard, matching employers and employees the way they like. So that is a perfect combination for me in terms of meaningful work. For this week's conversation with me is Michelle Prince, who is a speaker, author, coach, and trainer. She's on a mission to, to show audiences worldwide that they too can stop juggling, overcome procrastination, and get more done in less time in business, leadership, and life so they can make the difference in the world they want. She also owns her own publishing company and is the founder of the Bookbound Workshop, which helps soon-to-be authors get their story out of their head and onto paper. She joins us today from McKinney, Texas. Michelle, welcome to the show. Great to have you with me. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Um, I have to tell our listeners really quick how I discovered you, if you don't mind. I think it's fun. (laughs) Not at all. So I was minding my own business, and I was out looking for some patio furniture and and found my way into Craigslist and um, found a a great listing for some patio furniture, contacted the, the seller, and ended up on the other end of Michelle. And, of course, we each looked each other up and found out that we had some fantastic synergy. And I said to her when I came to get the the furniture, have I got a deal for you? How about if I pay you for this furniture and you come on my radio show? How's that? And she agreed. So here she is. Michelle, it is just fun. This is how how serendipity works in life, right? I totally agree. I, I couldn't. It's funny. We have so much in common and didn't even know each other. And we live in each other's backyard practically. So this is, I know. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad to know you. And I, I really am looking forward to this conversation because the, the world that you navigate is one. Those the, the topics are interesting to me, but I also think they'll be really interesting and useful to our listeners as well. So um, for the first part here, I, I know you have sort of an interesting tidbit to your background that I think many people would, would salivate over and, and will, or will soon recognize. And I think anybody over the age of 40 would recognize the name Zig Ziglar. You have had the chance to work with this man. And of course, I'm dying to know how that happened and what was it like? Well, it's funny. So when I was 18 years old, I was just getting ready to go off to college. I was going to University of North Texas and my parents wanted to give me that big graduation gift, you know, from high school and, and so excited thinking I'm about to get a car and it turns out they are sending me to a seminar for my graduation gift. Um, <laughs> needless to say, I was not excited about it at all, uh, but it was a Zig Ziglar conference and so I met Zig literally when I just had graduated high school, about to go into college, 18 years old, and it was such a a pivotal time for me, very impressionable time. And while I didn't want to go to this seminar, while I found myself absolutely loving it, I mean, just soaking it up, loving everything that he said, learning from all these people from around the world, and just being around like-minded people that wanted to you know, have a better family life, personal life, professional life, and I loved it. 
So at the end of this conference, I, I did something crazy, but it ended up working out okay. At the end of the conference, I walked up to Mr. Ziegler and I said, you know, thank you so much. This was an amazing weekend. And um, by the way, I'm, I'm going to work for you one day. You just wait and see, but I'm going to work for you. And yeah, here I am, a college girl, and or not even college. I just graduated high school, and he kind of smiled. But you know when you get that feeling that you can't explain, but you just know in the core of your soul that something's going to happen? That's kind of how I felt. And so... Fast forward, I, I went on to college then, you know, shortly after, spent the next four and a half years in Denton, Texas. And when I graduated, my first job out of school was a sales position that I hated. It was selling copiers. <laughs> and if anyone listening has ever sold copiers, you know that it is definitely a tough job and, and not a lot of fun. But the craziest, you know, talk about serendipitous, I can't even say the word, I'm so excited, the thing that happened, though, when I'm cold calling on this job was I literally walked up to an office park area in Carrollton, Texas, where met many businesses, and one of them said at the top of the building, the Zig Ziglar Corporation. Oh, and I know that word. may sound crazy to other people, you know, especially younger people. That, you know, we didn't have Google back then, so, you know, it's not like we could just look up where somebody was headquartered. It, it never occurred to me that Zig would be located in my area. It just never yeah. occurred to me. And to be truthful, after I went to that seminar, I was so fired up. But, you know, five years later, here I am, and I had kind of forgotten about that whole goal of working for him until I saw that. And then immediately it just came flying back. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's right. I'm supposed to work here. <laughs> and <laughs> that was kind of the, the beginning of the story. And, and it's it was crazy how I, I, I went home, I typed up my first resume, they had an opening in a sales position there, and I typed it up, and I had six months of copier sales experience, but I ended up getting a job. I worked for, for Mr. Ziegler, and they're at the headquarters for close to four years, and it was some of the best, best years of my entire life. Mm. Well, I got to say two things first about the fact that you went to a Zig Ziglar conference at age 18. First, I want to give a huge shout out and kudos to your parents who gave that to you as a gift. I think that is incredible foresight and just, wow, what that really was a gift. I mean, extraordinary. How did, how did they know Zig Ziglar? Did, had they been through some of the, his training as well? Yes, my mom had actually gone through that Born to Win seminar the year before, and okay. she came home, and, 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 you know, these were not inexpensive at the time. I think they were like $1,500 a ticket, so it mm-hmm. was a big investment for my family, and, and the reason why it was my graduation gift, um, but I, as much as I went kicking and screaming, it was, I'm so grateful now, and now they see the, the benefit of what they did for me, um, but I didn't see it at first, I'll be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it goes like that. Well, and then the other side of this, that story that I want to be sure and call out is the you part of that story, that you marched yourself up to Mr. Zig Ziglar and just told him, hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to come to work for you at some point. I think that, I, let's, I, let's, let's call that wonderfully audacious, right? I, want, I love to see young people, especially, frankly, young women, to be able to stand in that kind of place of empowerment and be able to, to, to claim or make a stake for what, what it is that they say that they want. I think that is something that I definitely want our listeners to take away from your story. Well, thank you. And you know what? I, I do believe because it's a part of, I know it was a part of my purpose, my, my greater purpose in life and why, why I do what I do. So it was just one stepping stone, but that, that gut instinct, and we all have it, but I just knew it. I knew some way, somehow, 
I was going to be associated with him. I just couldn't explain it. Mm. Well, you know, part of what I really wanted to also talk about for this first segment here is in terms of how you got started. There's a lot of what really what I would classify as motivational elements here of that that stand out for me in terms of how you narrate your story, how you navigate your life. And I'm wondering if if there are certain things that still stand out for you about maybe important learnings that you got while you were working for Zig Ziglar related to that kind of topic. You know, it's so interesting. When I was working there, I didn't really grasp the impact it would have on me personally, first of all. And I also didn't realize, I knew he was big because I went to that seminar, but I didn't realize how big until I was there. And what I, what I really got out of those years working for him more than anything else was that he was probably one of the most humble, loving, integrity-filled men I've ever met in my life. And to be around somebody that was just so compassionate and caring and truly, I mean, he, he did what he did not to make money. He did it because he wanted to make a difference. So I remember just thinking, wow, you know, at a young age, you know, work is all about making money and it's all about, and it's a means to an end, of course, but to actually work and to do it, to make a difference and make an impact, it, it stuck with me. And so much so when I, when I ended up leaving and I ended up going a different direction for many, many, many years, that's what I kept coming back to is, you know, one of the things I loved about being there was I was working, I was following my passion, my purpose, but ultimately I was making a difference. And so, so many different things like that that I learned from him, um, but the importance of people, the importance of relationships and putting, you know, God first and then everything else falls in its place. Mm. Talk about being really aware of your own motivation as you work. I think that's just so important to be mindful of why it is that we do things. And if we can be more intentional about that, especially, you know, if you're going to think about putting your faith first, your your customer first, all that kind of stuff, and, and that's on your mind. I just think that's such an important way to motivate and navigate ourselves. I think that's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, so you were there for how long? Three years? Is that right? It was uh, between three and a half, four years that I was Four years, there. okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, I loved it. Every day I was working and doing what I love to do, but it was around the time. Do you remember the, the dot-com boom? <laughs> I do. <laughs> what year are we talking about? Is this the late 1990s? It was the late 1990s. That's right. It was uh-huh. 90, goodness, what was that? 98, 97, uh-huh. 97. I remember and it well, Yes. Yep, and I had a recruiter call me uh, with a an opportunity that literally from a financial perspective was three times more than I made the previous year just in the base salary. And I wow. remember having Jeez. a conversation with myself a little bit like, wow, do I choose the money or do I choose to do what I love? You know, money, passion, passion, money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was very young. I was in my young 20s, and I ended up following the money, and I went into technology sales. I was, I started in outsourcing technology, but ultimately ended up in software sales and stayed there for, gosh, 13, 14 years before I made my way back to what I do believe is my, my purpose. But it was a, such a hard decision because I loved everything about it, which you don't usually get that in a job. Um, but, I, you know, I needed to climb that corporate ladder somewhere, and I felt like I could there somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I remember also making a transition from a more traditional job in 1997 to more of the technology realm in 98. Very interesting. So um, so you did that. You rode the, the corporate way for a while. And I remember distinctly when we met that you told me that 
uh, when you when you'd written your first book, which is called Winning in Life Now, or How to Break Through to Be a Happier You, that that book actually launched your company. So you wrote a book first and then built a company around it. It sounds like tell us the story. I did, and you know it's funny. I wish I could say that I was brilliant enough to have a plan <laughs> to have done it. <laughs> Write a book, a right? It right. Did not happen that way. So around the time, after about all these years in corporate America, I was really losing my my spark, and in fact, I felt just depressed and very um, unfulfilled. I felt stuck with golden handcuffs to a job that I really didn't like, but I, I didn't know how to get to what I love to do, and. For whatever reason, I always felt like I wanted to write a book, and my my mind would tell me, "Well, you know, who who do you think you are? Who, you know, what do you have to say? You're no Zig Ziglar." But it just kept getting stronger and stronger until one day I just decided, "You know what? I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to write a book, and I'll share it with my kids, my husband, my friends, and and do it. You know, why not?" And so I sat down, I wrote a book, Winning in Life Now, and it's all, it's a, it's a story about my life, and it's not about how I've been a winner in life, but how I used personal development to kind of get me through the, the stresses of life. And I talked about what it was like working for Zig and what I learned from him, and that was it. It never occurred to me that nothing, that, that anything more could come from that. But through a series of, of all kinds of fun coincidences, which are not coincidences, they're you know, I do believe they were all part of it divinely and planned. I, I somehow was talked into launching this book. And what that meant was, you know, putting it out there and getting people to buy it. And, and we did an official launch. And the day that we launched it, it did hit bestseller in two categories unintentionally. I mean, it wasn't something that was, uh, I, I guess, a lot of plan put into it. But what happened from there was more people read the books and more calls I would get. I'd get calls for people to ask me to coach them. So that began a whole coaching business. I, I had tons of calls. Hey, can you come and speak on this topic? Or, you know, I, I started getting paid speaking. I do free speaking. And, and just over time, it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew, where now this is what I get to do full time every day. And I feel so fortunate and so blessed because it's, I love it. I couldn't, I mean, it's not work to me, but mm. it never would have happened had I not written that book. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the book per se, but it's just more about when you when you share your story and you kind of step into your greatness, if you will, that's when things start happening. And, and that's what happened to me. Oh, I love that. And I really love that. In fact, I want to I want to talk a little bit about this idea. You mentioned, you know, you'd lost your spark in corporate America. And I know a lot of people that are listening to the show today are probably can relate to that. And maybe that's why they've tuned in. And then in your book, you talk about keeping your dreams alive. And and I think about, you know, we're all working so hard. We're going to the grocery store. We're putting, to dinner, we're putting dinner together. We're getting the kids to activities. We're trying to have some kind of a social life. How in the world do you recommend that we keep our dreams alive? <laughs> you know, for all those years that I didn't, it's, it, it kind of forced me to figure out the, the how am I going to make this happen. I, I literally, you just explained it perfectly. I felt like I was on that treadmill. You know, when you wake up, you, I had kids at this time and we're taking them to daycare and I'm dropping them off and I'm working all day and, you know, rushing home to get to the grocery store to make dinner, to get them in bed, all these things and just collapse at the end of the day. And before I know it, a decade went by and it forced me though. I was like, there has to be a better way. And I started, I started asking myself some specific questions about what would I do if I could do anything? You know, if money were no object or if I knew I couldn't fail, what would I do? What is it that I, what was I passionate about when I was younger? And, and just starting to go back to 
you know, go back and dust off those dreams. I believe that if something is tied to your purpose, your, and which is always going to be tied to passion, because your purpose is going to be something you enjoy doing, I hope. <laughs> and it's, it will always be there, meaning it's not something that's fleeting. And so for me, every time I thought about, well, what do I love to do? What lights me up? I kept going back to what I learned when I was at Zig's seminar, and it was motivating, inspiring, and encouraging people. And that's what I, I tell people to do is, what were your dreams then? If you can't think of a dream now, just go back. And what, what, what excited you before? It's there. We just have to dig a little deeper. Hmm. Well, you know, I appreciate that. And I think it's just huge because otherwise the life gets a hold of us by the neck and just won't let us go. And before we know it, we've lost 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, and we haven't started on our dreams. And so I really want to make sure that our listeners here just to find ways to be able to keep that dream alive. And I'll add one thing to that, Elise. It's more than just dreaming. It's also attitude. And it is the way you, you think. Because Absolutely. I, had to work on my, I had to work on my beliefs, and I had to shift my mindset in a lot of different things. And I spent some time, and I read some books, and honestly, that shift in my belief went, made me go from, who am I to write a book, to, well, why not me? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's such a, an important part of all this, too, is your mindset. It is, and I want to talk a little bit more about that after the break here, but it is time already for our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Michelle Prince, who is a speaker, author, coach, and trainer who is on a mission to show audiences worldwide that they too can stop juggling, overcome procrastination, and get more done in less time in business, leadership, and life so they can make the difference they really want to make in the world. We've been talking about how she got started and how she found her purpose. After the break, we're going to talk more about productivity. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you in your own driver's seat? Tune in to a program that will get you there based on what others have managed to do through challenges in their lives and how they persevered. Tune in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. On our show, we use real issues and experts to help you reclaim your life. Danielle and her guests are here to steer you in the right direction. Make sure that you are here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to harness your power. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Michelle Prince, a speaker, coach, and trainer who is focused on helping people make the difference in the world they really wish to make. She is also the author of Winning in Life Now and Being Busy, Being Busy. Or excuse me. Yeah, that's right. Busy, Being Busy. She joins us today from McKinney, Texas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Before the break, we were talking a bit about her own career, which really was how we were able to talk about the world of motivation, such an important part of how you can navigate toward what you want in life. For this next segment, I really want to focus on productivity. But before we do that, Michelle, we were just talking at Smith before the break about the importance of mentality and really controlling or governing our thoughts to keep us positive, healthy, and motivated and grounded. Can you say a bit more about that? How- thoughts were affecting my, oh gosh, everything for so many years when I, when I was in corporate America that it wasn't until a friend of mine suggested that I read a book. And it was all about your thoughts and it was all about how, you know, what, what you focus on. And I started to, one of the exercises was making a list of what are some of the, the ongoing things that are going on in your mind and things that you tell yourself. And it's amazing how 99% of those things are, in my case, were negative. Things, you know, and I, I do a lot of this when I do seminars now is helping people to figure out, well, what do, what are you saying to yourself? I'm not good enough. I'll never be successful. I'll always be in debt. I'll never find true love. You know, whatever it is that's, that's plaguing your thoughts is really the direction you're going to go. And most of the beliefs we have about ourselves and about success and especially about money come from places that maybe early childhood, but places that maybe it's not true. We just, it's all we know. And so, you know, kind of the example of this, if say you were raised in a family and everybody believed the earth was flat, but you knew it, you know, you, you grow up and come to find out it wasn't. It's not that you, um, they were wrong or in teaching you that it's just, that's all they knew. So that became all that you knew. And then, you know, that that's what happens with our thoughts. You know, you just reminded me of something so powerful, Michelle. It is one of those incredibly entrenched background sort of noises that play over and over in my head. And it's this. My mother told me this throughout my whole entire life. She said, Elise, you were born breech and you've been doing things the hard way, every way, every, every sense. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. so there's something about the way that I tend to go about things where it seems like I look for the hardest way to go about it. If there's a hard way to find to do something, let me find that and then I'll work from that angle. But it's that old yeah. tape. My mother used to always say that and I bought it. Of course, I love my mother well, terribly, but she, you know, she, she gave me that tape. Well, sure. And everybody has something. I mean, some parents... You know, not, I don't think on purpose, but sometimes we'll say things to make somebody feel like they're not smart. So somebody who grows up believing they're not smart or they're never going to excel, well, then they're probably not going to apply for college if they don't apply for college. And, you know, it just, it sets the tone for our whole life. And those beliefs come from a place that, that doesn't mean they were true. Your mom said that. And yes, you were born breached, but it doesn't mean it was true that you would do everything different ever since, you know? So breaking those cycles, I I think of it like a computer, you know, when you have software on your computer, you're always going to get the output of the software you put in. So if you put in QuickBooks, you're going to see Excel spreadsheets, you know, and all, all these different ones. So all it is is a matter of going in and taking a look at what software has been programmed and then, you know, debugging it and clearing it out 
I, I really recommend affirmations, and I know some people roll their eyes and think, oh, that's so cheesy, but it's not because what you believe that is negative is only in your mind because you repeated it over and over and over again. So why not repeat well, what you do want, you know? Exactly. I'm and, and prosperous, sorry. I'm successful, I'm good enough, whatever it is. Yeah, sorry to talk over there, Michelle. Yeah, so what I think about maybe to use different language to help some of the folks that have a hard time with that is you're just you're reprogramming your 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 mind in order to be able to create and and have it execute according to the operating ma- manner that you want it to. That's how I look at affirmations and 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 attitude and things like that. So I, I'm completely with you. And I'll share one last thought on that is how I know this to be so true. For all those years when I was in corporate America and I secretly wanted to write a book, I didn't tell anybody. It was something I just wanted to do for myself. It was inside. But in my negative thought was, you know, who do you think you are? Who's going to care about your story? I kept saying to myself, you're no Zig Ziglar, Fanina. But the moment that shifted, (laughs) I remember the moment. I remember where I was, who I was with, and I had this shift in thought and belief where somebody was asking me questions and I was sharing with them, like, oh, well, this is what I did and this is a and immediately I went from saying, you know, I'm not a writer to, oh my gosh, I know exactly what I want to say. And there was nothing that changed in me other than my belief. For thirteen years I couldn't write a book. The moment I shifted my belief and said, you know what, I can do this. I went home that night, I wrote my book, three weeks later it was complete. So wow. the only thing that changed was belief. And that's why mm-hmm. I know it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's the power of the mind. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, shifting gears to productivity, uh, one of the things that I find interesting and intriguing about you, Michelle, is that you've been referred to as America's productivity coach. Got to know, how'd you earn this distinction and what does it mean? <laughs> I love it. Well, so the, the, the distinction came from a training company that had actually given me an award and it, it came out of an exercise where, you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, Lisa. I mean, you ever have weeks, months, years where you think, gosh, I didn't get anything done. Mm-hmm. You know, you had so many big goals. And the exercise was to write down everything that you accomplished over the last, uh, in this case, it was 18 months. And when I started, and this was before, from the time my book, I decided to write my book to literally 18 months later, I was, I had a full-fledged business. And all the things that happened in that period of time, it was like, and I went back and I compared it to my goals. It was boom, 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 done, 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 done. And so they were, they were kind enough to give me an award called, and, and, and gave me that distinction. But it really, it's not so much what the, the title is, but more about I figured out that once you, once you know what it is you're supposed to do or what you're meant to do or your purpose, it's almost like you don't want to procrastinate anymore. You want to get going on it because it's something that you, one, can do, and two, you're just going to, you have the passion to do it. And so for me, that's kind of was always a natural thing for me. So not only did I write a book, but it was about I'm finally going to take action on my life. I'm not going to settle anymore, and I'm going to put a plan in place, and I'm going to make it happen. And, and it's partly why I wrote the book, Busy Being Busy, But Getting Nothing Done, is all of us are so busy. But most of the times, the things we put on the back burner are the things that will make us the happiest, the healthiest, the most prosperous, you know, have the better, best relationships, but yet we put those on the back burner. And it's just a shift in, in again, mindset, but focusing on what your passions are will lead you to becoming more productive. And that's kind of where that all came from. You know, it's funny. Um, 
I can totally relate to that. And I pride myself also in being productive too, but I do have definitely have times in my life when I get stuck and I, things get shelved for a period of time and it makes me unhappy, frankly. And so finding mm-hmm. ways to keep myself on track are pretty important to me. And one of the other reasons that I wanted to have you on the show, because I know that people need that too, to stay on track and such. Um, there's a couple of chapters in that book that I wanted to talk a little bit more about here. And by the way, I love the title, Busy Being Busy, But Getting Nothing Done. We all know that whole notion of, you know, all the activity, but what do we have to show for it? But um, <laughs> one of one of the chapters is um, linking time to productivity. Can you speak a little bit to kind of what your thoughts are there, linking time to productivity? Sure. You know, we all, it's, we all talk about how busy we are. That's <laughs> part of what, where that title came from. Whether you're CEO of a company, stay-at-home mom, college student, or anything in between, chances are good if somebody asks you how you're doing, you're going to have some way of telling them how busy you are. So <laughs> is it true or not? Yes, it's true. It's Just almost like guilty. honor. Exactly. I'm the same way. Um, I speak on what I know, so I know I've done this myself. <laughs> but what I mean by linking time is it's not that Anybody has more time than anyone else. We all only have 24 hours in a day. So why is it some people are amazingly productive, successful, have happy lives, and are getting all these things done, while so many of us don't? And so there is a link to how you prioritize your time, schedule your time. I do a whole section on, you know, how do you plan your calendar? How do you plan your day? It's, you know, chances are good if it's in your calendar, you're going to get it done. But most of us, only schedule our work stuff in our calendar. Sometimes our kids' sports and activities and things like that, but why not schedule your priorities, you know, for your personal life? You're, you know, are you scheduling date night? Are you scheduling, you know, time to write that book? Are you scheduling time to do the things that matter to you, girlfriend night, things like that? And so we just talk a lot about how it's not necessarily a time issue. Time management is never a time issue. It's, it's really more life management and knowing what you want to put in your calendar first. I love that. And let me say that one of the really cool things that I get to do at Insignium that they've really taught me and we do teach our clients as well is this idea of what they call mission control. And it gets to just what you're talking about there, Michelle, in the sense that we we look at our online calendar and we chunk out all the things that we need to do. We plan all the things that we need to do and want to do. And then they show up. We actually create a time space for them in our calendar and we plan and we march and honor that calendar in order to keep us on track to those tasks that we've committed and promised ourselves that we would do. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how amazing that helps life. Now, what I need to do, just to your point, is I need to cascade that over into my personal life now and do that for the non-work stuff, too. That's exactly what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't come natural, you know. We we tend to just go by the seat of our pants with those things, but work stuff, we're a little bit more disciplined. So it's just really a shift in the way you do things. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if this is going to be related for you or not, but the other chapter that I wanted you to talk about was the chapter linking productivity to focus. It is. And and this is something that it's not, it's, it, it, they go hand in hand, but there's actually a little bit more to it. So one of the things that I've seen in, in interviewing people, successful people, um, you know, people that are really getting their goals and dreams accomplished they have a very specific focus on what they want to accomplish. And it does go back to goal setting. I am very big on, on 
identifying, you know, what do you want to accomplish, what lights you up in all the areas of your life. You know, and when you're setting goals, don't just set financial goals. Set goals for your, you know, your physical life, your spiritual life, your relationships, your, of course, your career and your finances, but there's so much more about you. So really focusing in on, number one, what do you want to accomplish? What is really, really important to you? And then putting those big rocks, if you will, in those in the calendar first. And then another thing that goes with this, though, is uh, something I use all the time and, and you've probably heard of is time blocking. Mm-hmm, and yes. time blocking, believe it or not, not everyone knows what that is, but it's so powerful when you do that, not just for work tasks, but you do it for life tasks. So, for example, you know, I talk about writing a book a lot because that's what I know. So I'll use that example. Let's say you do want to write a book. Maybe you do want to share what you know with other people and make a difference. So time blocking would be setting aside, say, 45 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour max that you block out your calendar and you literally do nothing else. This isn't where you have your outlook open and if an email comes in, you check it or your phone's sitting there by and your, the text comes in, you respond. Time blocking is literally for the next 45 minutes, you let yourself, you let everyone around you know you are unavailable, your phone is put away, everything else on your computer is shut down, and the only thing you're working on is that one item. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how, how simplistic that is, but how when you do that and just focus your, your time in a short amount of time on just one task, how you'll get 10 times more done in a day than if you were working on 10 tasks at once but really not accomplishing any of them. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that so well. And again, you brought, you brought me right back to when I was back in 1998, when I was selling information technology staffing services, I would set aside a certain amount of time, which is really what mission control is, by the way, same thing. Um, and then I would say I'm making cold calls. So I would put my phone on, you know, no, I couldn't get phone calls. I had a big sign on my door saying, leave me alone. I'm making cold calls. And I would do it for whatever, <laughs> an hour or two hours, but it worked. And then I would emerge from my office like, oh, that's done. Now I can move on to something else. So I know exactly what you mean by that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, we're up. We're probably going to run out of time here to to cover everything that I wanted to cover, but I do want to talk about procrastination a little bit because I think there, I'm sure there's, maybe you can help us understand the correlation between procrastination and productivity, but how, how do people confront and overcome procrastination? How do you help them do that? Oh, sure. So it's funny because they, they seem to be the same thing, but they're really not um, because productivity is you know, strategies, techniques, things that you can do to make your work life, personal life more effective. But procrastination can happen even if you know every single time management trick in the book, you have gone to every seminar, you've read every book, you may know what to do, but for whatever reason, you're still not doing it. And procrastination is something I do talk a lot about because it is a number one dream killer. You can set all the goals you want and you can do, you know, believe that you're going to get there, but if you truly don't, actually overcome this thing that holds people back, you're never going to get anywhere. So how I help people with procrastination is, number one, figuring out, well, what is really causing the procrastination? Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to say it's time, of course, but we already said everyone has the same amount of time, so that's really not true. Some people say it could be money, you know, I don't have the money to do this, or I don't have that. Um, But the ultimate, what it really boils down to in most cases is fear. And Mm. There's two types of fear. Of course, there's a fear of failure. So if somebody says, oh, I want to write a book, but then they start to get that fear of like, oh, my gosh, what will my friends think? What will my family say? What if, 
what if everyone hates it? What if it doesn't sell one copy? And so all those fears are is usually what's, what makes procrastination kick into high gear. But what's amazing, Elise, what I see more than anything, especially in my coaching practice, is the fear isn't necessarily fear of failure. A lot of times it's fear of success. Mm, interesting. Which doesn't really make sense if you, if you think about it. But, but what it is is it's that fear of, oh, my gosh, what if this works? You know, what if I put myself out there? And what if, oh, my goodness, what if, what if I do write a book? What if people do buy it? And then, oh, my gosh, what will my, will my husband be supportive? What will, what will my friends think? Will they think that I'm putting, you know, all these different things start to sabotage what we want to accomplish. And it's all fear-driven. I so think that that's is an amazing step. point. Yeah, figuring out what, just get real with yourself. Why are you really not doing it? Let's get the excuses out of the way because you can't overcome anything if you don't know what it is. First and Mm -hmm. foremost, what's the real reason behind it? And Mm -hmm. then, you know, then it's really a matter of figuring out, well, what is it you really, really want? And I, I mentioned that earlier, but it's so important if you don't have that clarity on what you want to accomplish in your life, it's just so easy to procrastinate on it. So to, to set a goal that you don't really have passion and excitement about is, is pretty much a useless act. It's a lot like those New Year's resolutions. Unless right. you're really, really passionate about it, it's unlikely that it'll happen. Uh, completely agree. And a perfect way to take us on to our next break already here, Michelle. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Michelle Prince, who is a speaker, author, coach, and trainer. And she's on a mission to show audiences worldwide that they can, they too can stop juggling, overcome procrastination, and get more done in less time in their business lives, leadership, and their overall life so they make the difference they really want to make in the world. After the break, we're going to talk a bit more about passion and purpose. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Follow 
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Michelle Prince, a speaker, coach, and trainer focused on helping people make the difference in the world they wish to make. She was also the author of Winning in Life Now and Busy Being Busy. She joins us today from the McKinney, Texas area. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. For this next segment, I wanted to focus on the the notion of passion and purpose, which I know is a, a signature part of what you do, Michelle. So that's the last little bit that we get to we get to focus on. And I've got a, a few things I wanted to chat with you about that. So First things first, um, I, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about we, we get stuck out there and we lose our spark and such, but, um, you know, we're busy living our lives and living on the hamster wheel. But why do you think that we allow ourselves to get stuck and lose our connection to passion and purpose? I don't think it's on, per- I mean, I don't think we're, we're consciously aware of it. I just think, you know, we do live in a busy time, right? And especially the, the, the older you get. You know, whether you're building a career, going up the corporate ladder, you're starting to have a family, maybe, you know, kids are getting older. And it's like there's so many different things pulling at you that priorities just get out of whack. And and that's really what it is. Um, obviously, career and money has a big place in this, too, because if we feel the need to make a certain income, you know, we may feel tied to a certain job that we don't love. And, and it's just, you know... It's part of life, but if, if it stays in that pattern for too long, that's when I see people who just start to shut down. I mean, they literally just lose their passion for life, for anything. And, you know, there's so much happening in the world of, of everybody being on medications and everything like that. But I think, though, if we just allowed ourselves some time to really focus on what do we really want, not what do we need to do. There's a lot of shoulds in our world. But not what should you do, but what do you want to do? And and try to free yourself from the bondage of the should. Um, but I think that's why. And I don't think there's any blame there because, you know, I did it for so many years and I knew better. I worked for Zig Ziglar. I knew how to get myself out of a rut, but yet I ended up there. The most mm. important thing is getting out, though. Identifying it, know where, when you're there, and then finding a way to get yourself out. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about as well, Michelle, and I I do want to weigh in this with some of the ideas that I think I have related to this, but I would be curious to know, how do you help people that you work with recognize if there's a void of passion or purpose in their lives? How, in other words, how, how do we know? Well, I think deep down, everybody knows. I mean, if you just ask the question, you know, <laughs> actually, not, this, this is funny. When I was going through the period of time when I was just unhappy. You know, I had a great job, but I didn't love it, um, but it paid the bills. And I remember one time somebody asking me, so what do you do for fun? And I literally sat there with this dumb look on my face, kind of like the deer in the headlights. And I really, I, I sat there for a full minute, like, mm, what do you mean? 
<laughs> what do I do for fun? <laughs> I go to work. I take care of my kids. I do, you know, I, I do all of, I went literally through my, all my titles in my life. Oh, I do this. I do this. And it was like, no, no, no. What do you do for fun? What, what, what do you enjoy? And I couldn't think of one thing. I couldn't think of anything in my life that I was doing that was really for the sole purpose of bringing me joy. And that was a big wake-up call for me. And that's when I knew something has to change because I am, you know, I believe we're all created for more. We're, I know we're all here for a purpose. And the sooner we find that purpose, the happier we're going to be. And it's not selfish. In fact, the, the sooner you find your purpose, the happier your family's going to be, your friends, your coworkers. Because when you're, when you're living in alignment with what it is you're, you're best at or called to do, that's when things get more exciting and more fun and more joyful. And, or at least that's what I've seen. Mm. Well, I completely agree with everything you said there. And part of what I, what I really wanted to do for our listeners, too, because I, I think that some, sometimes we, we do get sucked into, you know, the, the war pole, and it can be hard to identify, I guess I'm not actually having a whole lot of fun here. And I think somebody holding up the mirror to you and asking a question as simple as what do you do for fun can be a great way for you to go, oh, huh, yeah, that is kind of missing. The, another thing that I think could be helpful, I mean, just thinking of a few scenarios where, you know, maybe you know, we're not getting promoted at work like we think we, we wanted to or thought we should. Or maybe we find ourselves just kind of, you know, going through the motions and not having a lot of energy and like, how come there's no zest there? Um, so I, I wanted to be able to get us to pass on to our listeners some of the things, some of the telltale signs that might be indicative of, oh, you know what, I maybe I'm not actually grounded in a passion or a purpose in my everyday life or my work that I maybe would like to. And I can remember years ago, Michelle, when um, my daughter's um, dad was had a, had a, what he thought was a pretty good job and and um, he loved it. He thought he was having a good time, but then he got a call from a recruiter, like you say, and um, he wasn't even going to go to this thing, this interview. And I said, are you kidding me? Go find out what it is they might want you to do. He comes back from this interview so charged and pumped, and he goes, I didn't realize that I was ready for a new move. So you know what I mean? You, you need something sometimes from the outside, I think, sometimes to help us recognize or move along sometimes to be able to recognize mm-hmm. that there's more that we can do or want to do. Oh, for sure. You know, a, a really good tool in and in an exercise to do for that is, well, I learned it from Zig Ziglar. It's Zig Ziglar's Wheel of Life. And I'm happy, you know, if anybody wants that, I can get it to him. But, but really, you could just take a sheet of paper and draw a circle and kind of like the wheel and draw uh, seven spokes on that wheel. And you're going to list them as career, finances, uh, physical, which is your physical well-being, your, your, your body, your, you know, all of that, uh, spiritual, because everybody, no matter what it is, has a spiritual life component to themselves, um, your personal life, which is your relationship, you know, are you spending time with friends and, and people that matter to you, um, family relationships. And whatever that is to you, it could be your immediate family, it could be your extended family, um, and, and those pieces make up you, right? So you're not just one or the other, and a lot of times we, we kind of tend to go towards career. But what I would do, and this is what this exercise is, is rank yourself from one to, to ten, ten being you are at the absolute best you could be, meaning it can't get any better, you're, this is awesome, you're rocking it. And a one would be you are in desperate need of help. <laughs> and go through 
through and really just rank yourself and being realistic. So for your, let's just say for your physical life, you know, how are you doing with taking care of your body? Are you eating right? Are you seeing the doctor? Are you working out? Are you, you know, how are you, how do you feel physically? And then, you know, maybe your career could be, all right, well, how much do you enjoy the work that you do? Do you feel like there's opportunity for advancement? Do you feel that you are utilizing all your gifts? Um, do you have opportunity for growth? And all of those questions you ask yourself will determine where you are. Maybe you're only a three there, and that could be an open, you know, an eye-opening experience to say, wow, gosh, I have so much more I could be doing to make myself happy in my career, but yet I'm not there. Or a lot of times we get in the habit of complaining about our job just because it's what people do. But then when you really start and think about it, wow, you know, I get paid well. I have great benefits. I love my coworkers. I'm, you know, I have a great commute. Gosh, I'm, I'm seven or an eight. I'm doing pretty well in this. And it's, it's a snapshot. It's not where you're going to end up, but it's a snapshot of where are you now? And then it'll show you anything five and less. It will show you, okay, this is where I need to spend my focus. And I need to really work on this part of my life or ultimately you won't be happy because you can't be happy unless you're fulfilled in all of your areas, not just one or two. Mm-hmm. And it's a great exercise to do it. Well, I was wondering, I was thinking in your coaching, you probably had various ways that you help people find their passion and your purpose. It sounds like that's one of the tools you use. It is. It's one of the tools. Um, plus, I have a lot of questions that I ask people, things like, um, you know, I mentioned one of them, but things like putting everything else aside, you have all the money in the world, you have all the time in the world, and you will not fail. What would you be doing? This is a hard question to answer because most of the time we think, well, I don't have all the money in the world. I don't have all the time in the world and I could possibly fail. So why am I even doing this? But the moment you let yourself really dream and and really think about things outside of your box right now, the more likely you'll be able to get to another level. Um, So yes, there's lots of different questions and exercises, but you don't have to stay where you are, but you do have to first figure out, you know, where am I and how do I need to improve? Mm. Well, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, the, the work that you get to do to help people actually unlock that within themselves. I mean, I can imagine it's amazing. Um, to help our listeners kind of see what that might look like for themselves, can you share a, a, an anonymous story or two about maybe some people that you've actually helped? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I, I feel very fortunate that I do, uh, I do a seminar twice a year, and it's called Bookbound. Now, it is more focused on writing a book, but the first day of the seminar is all about what we're talking about. It's about your finding, finding your purpose, your passion. It's identifying and overcoming these negative limiting beliefs that, that are holding you back. And so the whole first day is really about breakthrough because, and this goes for anything, whether it's writing a book, building a business, or, you know, changing careers. You can know everything there is to know, but if you don't believe and if you don't feel um, released of some of these things that are holding you back, there's no way you can be successful. So you've got to start with that. So a couple of success stories. I've had so many people who have come uh, with a negative uh, image of themselves or low self-esteem believing, you know, who am I? I'm a nobody. Nobody cares about me. To walking away saying, wow, I have a passion to help people. I have... Uh, experience and passion in this area, this is, you know, and they walk away so focused on what exactly it is that they have to share. And ultimately, all that is, is their gift. And and that's something that I could tell you countless stories of people that have just figured out their gifts, but then they had the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to step into it. 
Um, a couple other examples. I had a woman I worked with one-on-one as a coaching client for a couple of years, actually. And funny, she contacted me after she read my first book, and um, she asked me to be her coach. And true story, at the time I wasn't coaching, I literally just wrote the book, and I hadn't thought about building the business, and she's offering to give me money, and I'm saying, no. <laughs> I'm saying, I, I, I don't coach. I, I just wrote a book. Why didn't you just read the book? Why would you pay me? And she talked me into it. But that's a great story of somebody who came to me with a very low perception of herself, but she didn't know what her purpose was. And we really worked on it, and we set some goals, and and she had some very specific goals around weight loss. And I'm not a weight loss coach, but I do know how to encourage people and help people to get real crystal clear on what they're what they're wanting in life. And so we put together this plan and I worked with her over the course of a year, um, almost two years actually. And she did lose all the weight she wanted. I think she went from a size 16 down to, I want to say it was like a size eight. But more than that, she got out of a really bad relationship that was holding her back. She worked on her um, belief system. She began, she started a business that she never dreamed she could start. And she just started doing things that mattered to her by focusing on her, on herself. And a lot of times, I'll speak for myself, I know when we want to go after dreams and goals, it feels a little selfish. You know, I'm taking away time from my family, my work, whatever. But it's just the opposite. The more you focus on you, the more full you are and the more you have to give others. And like that example of on an airplane, put the oxygen mask on you. You can't help anyone else until you help yourself. So those are the kinds of examples that I see. It's not that anything magical has happened. It's just that for the first time, they're allowing themselves to focus on them and their gifts and what really matters to them. And that's how you, you know, become successful. I'll tell you what, Michelle, that is a perfect way to finish the show because we have like just maybe just a smidge left here. I'm going I'm to let you just stop there because that's a great finish. And let me tell you a, a huge thank you for joining me on the show. I've loved your energy, your perspective, your journey. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been, this has been a lot of fun and, and I really appreciate it. Isn't it fun? It really is fun. Um, and mm-hmm. listeners, if you want to check out Michelle Prince, you can learn more about her by visiting her website. It's michelleprince.com. So M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-P-R-I-N-C-E.com. Michelleprince.com. Great conversationalist, great subject matter expert in motivation, productivity, and living a life of passion and purpose. Michelle, thanks for being with us. And for you listeners, we'll see you next week. Remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose. hope you've enjoyed this week's program be sure to tune in to working on purpose featuring your host elise cortez every wednesday at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel this week find your life's purpose at work